Do you have a battle with diabetes or any health condition? Or maybe you want some tips on fitness. Well, today I have somebody that can help you with each one of those areas. Welcome to Blair Radio, where every brand can be heard. Now, the voice behind the mic, James Shannon. Before we get started, I wanted to apologize to everyone, the guests, the listeners, my clients, friends, and family. As some of you know, my father, myself, and two of my daughters, we tested positive for the coronavirus. And after a long battle, my father didn't survive. His sudden death and the aftermath of it forced me to put everything on hold. Though these episodes were already recorded, it was pretty difficult for me to edit them and record the intros and outros for each show. But um, well, we're back now. I want to welcome you back to another episode of Blair Radio, Start Your Business and Be Heard. Today we have episode 35 and we will be talking to a man who had a fight with diabetes. If you know anyone in your life that spends a lot of money on their medicine, let them know to listen to this episode and be inspired. This is a long one and an important one as well. We touch on a lot of different topics around health and fitness, so let's get right to it. Hey everyone, today we will be talking to a man that battled type 2 diabetes. He is Terrence Hutchinson from YourBestLifestyles.com. And Terrence, right now everything is great. But it wasn't always that great, right? Back in 2009, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I was going through a nasty divorce living up in New York, and then I moved here. I'm 39 years old, and I'm moving with my mother. I haven't lived with my mother since I was 16. So, you know, I'm giving up thousands and thousands of dollars in uh, money, property, businesses cars, you know, uh, so, and I'm packing up and I'm moving down from upstate New York back to, uh, well, back to down South, but I was living in, uh, Charleston, South Carolina before I moved to New York in, in 88 and in 06, I moved to Atlanta after everything that's going down. So, uh, being 39 years old at the time, living with my mother coming from, you know, nice houses and stuff like that to living with my mother is like, I wasn't really feeling that a little bit. So I went into a little bit of depression from losing or dissolving everything. I wouldn't say losing because I initiated divorce. So I dissolved everything. But, you know, I came down here. I had like 15 grand in my pocket and I UPS some clothes and everything down here. And there was a new beginning for me. But you know, I still felt like I, you know, I, a part of me, I had to get rid of a part of me to free myself. That put me in a low downward spiral a little bit as far as my emotions, my feelings or whatever for finances or whatever. So I started wilding out. You know, I'm fresh in Atlanta. I'm 39, pocket full of money, brand new car. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to wild out. Atlanta's the hub. You know, everything surrounds Atlanta, Alabama, Florida, North Carolina, South Carolina. So if friends call me and say, yo, it's a party, I'm hitting the road. If it's four or five hours away, I'm on the road. I'm gone. I'm partying. I'm partying. So one day I was in Atlanta. No, I was one day I was in Miami with some friends. We partying, man. You know, 
I was not taking care of myself properly like I should, eating fast foods, eating on the go, lack of sleep, alcohol consumption, smoking a lot of weed. And, you know, I was womanizing. I was just doing all type of thing, man. You know, so we're in Miami. We're in the pool. And I started feeling weird, man. So something definitely ain't right. So I got out of the pool and I went back to the hotel room. I had extreme thirst. I had cotton mouth. And I had frequent urination, weight loss. I had blurry vision. And I said, yo, something ain't right. So I said, we got to go back to Atlanta. So, But I, I, we waited out to the morning. We drove back to Atlanta. It only took us a whole day to get from Miami to Atlanta. And you know it don't take that long. But we had to stop so much because I had to take frequent urination because I had, to, you know, my bladder, man, you know, everything was... The side effects are the symptoms of type 2 diabetes. It's frequent urination, all the things I just mentioned above. And we finally got back. And, I, you know, I, I went to my doctor's office the next morning, and I passed out right there in the lobby. And they called the ambulance. They said, you want me to call? I said, yeah, I said, yeah call it, wow. man. So they called, hooked me up on the gurney and everything like that. And they was, you know, testing my skin, asked me, do you wish your name? You know where you at and all that. And I was very cognitive. I, you know, I knew all that. And they said, you know what's going on with you? And I was like, nah, man. And I started explaining my symptoms. And they said, it sounds like diabetes. And I was like, diabetes? Well, I just, you know, ain't no way in the world, man. Sure enough, we got to, uh, it took me two traffic lights to get to the emergency room. Man, that one Amalam's ride, $1,100, the most expensive wow. ride I ever took in my life. And no insurance. I had great insurance. I had Cigna at the time, but the insurance didn't cover that. And they took me two traffic lights and made, made a left and a right to get me to the hospital. And that, that money, that's money, man. So that's the most expensive ride. So got up and I got into emergency room. I flashed my uh, ID an insurance card, and they started moving people out, man. They got me a room real fast. And I'm on the cell phone, I'm laughing, and I'm joking. I'm calling my people, yo, this guy got diabetes. I'm at the emergency room. And everybody was like, oh, we got to get there. So the nurse, you know, they're checking my blood glucose and my A1C. And they said, man, we don't even know how you even talking and laughing and joking. You're supposed to be in a diabetic coma right about now or dead. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy, right? And I was like, what? You know, I'm, I'm like, what are you talking about? I wasn't educated on a disease because that's something that I, I knew about, but did not know anything about. You, you never think that can that, that can't happen to me, you know what I'm saying? That's an yeah. old person's disease, you know what I'm saying? Like, yep. what, what is this? And uh, I got up in ICU, man, and uh, it started, you know, I couldn't taste anything. My taste buds were shot. I was hungry, but I couldn't, you know, I couldn't eat anything. So they gave me crushed ice to suck on. Let me tell you something. That was the best crushed ice I ever had in my <laughs> life, man. You know what I mean? And when you have no taste buds, everything's depleted. So that you can't taste. And the thing about it is, like, I wanted, I wanted ginger ale, Coca-Cola, sweet tea because I was thirsty. Um, you get uh, a dry mouth. That's what it is. So you want to keep drinking. Mm. But the more I was drinking those beverages... I was increasing my blood sugars and didn't know it. So my blood glucose 
was a 1360. Now, I was supposed to be dead at that number. My A1C was a 9.3. I was supposed to be <laughs> not here today. And uh, so we in ICU. They hooked up the IVs to me, two saline solutions. solutions and within a day and a half, I started to feel a little bit more better. But they was poking me. Like every hour on the hour, they was taking my blood. And I was a kid, you know, I didn't like needles as a kid. Now you're telling me that I may have to poke myself for the rest of my life with needles just to, just to maintain. And here's the kicker. And they're like, yeah, that's right. So once I started getting my appetite back, they started feeding me. That was the hospital food was the best food ever, you know, because you haven't eaten anything in two days or more. Yeah. So now, when you start to get the full recovery, five people check in with complications of diabetes. I'm the only person that checked out. You know, and uh, I started. I told my girl at the time. I said, "Yo, bring me, bring me my sweats and my and and, and those and those uh, the Jordans I like, and I'm gonna start walking this hallway to get healthy." And the crazy thing about it, when you in ICU. You can smell death on that floor, man. You know, you got people who are on their way in, on their way out of here, man, for real, literally. And you can hear family members, oh, Lord, oh, Lord, praying for their family members. And I'm saying, oh, man, and the smells. I smelled that smell before years ago uh, when, when I had some friends that got killed. And I, I, I know that scent. I know that smell. I smell it when my father died. I was the last one to see him. I know that smell. So I'm smelling that. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. We got to get up out of here. So um, three and a half days in ICU, I got out. But before I go, before I went, they give you all this information on how to maintain diabetes. They give you this pamphlet on where to inject the fatty pockets, where to inject the insulin, all these different things. So they condition you in the hospital to get ready for the needles and the pills, the socks, the, the eyeglasses. They, they condition you right off the bat when you come out of the hospital. You got to maintain. At the time, I didn't know that diabetes maintenance was a multi-billion dollar a year industry. Right? One thing yeah. I knew about is get my medicine, now, the, the, the Lantus that they put me on was a brand new drug. It's called Lantus. It's the insulin uh, medicine. It's called, it, it was called Lantus. It's a brand new drug that the pharmaceutical companies put out. So they want to try experimenting on me. So I said, okay, I didn't know any better. Okay, let's get this. They give you five pens in a box. It got the readings, the markings, 30 milligrams, 30 milligrams. You get like four or five of them in a pen. And then you have to adjust it to get the insulin just right to 30 on the line. And then you come and then you inject yourself. Now, five pens, $160 for five pens. I was running through these pens a week. And my insurance didn't cover that. I said, oh. I'm going to go broke. So this is how they condition you. So I went to my doctor and at the time she had a pharmaceutical rep there with this big old black suitcase. You see him, they drug dealers. 
And um, yeah, this is was this when Cialis was coming around uh, the competition drug for Viagra. So I was like, listen, I asked the pharmaceutical salesman, I said, look, you got any samples of this uh, this Lantus man? He said, no, no, we don't have anything. I said, this is crazy. So my doctor said, just give me a minute. I'll be with you in a minute. So she came back after she dealt with him. And she said, how are you with using syringe needles? You know, those dope needles. Mm-hmm. I said, man, really? I don't want to, you know, come on, man. You know, because a lot of my friends, when I stayed up north, they were shooting heroin. And when I see them, I'm like, yo, what are you doing? They said, yo, we shooting that. I said, man, I'm about, I don't do needles, dog. So now you're telling me the same needle that I see they cooking up the product with, I need that to stay alive. I was freaked out. But a thousand of those Dauphine needles in a box was $32, and I can get the, the insulin and the valve for six, and my insurance will cover that. I said, well, okay, I'm going to have to suck it up, man it up, deal with this versus dealing with $160 per week. I'm going to go broke, okay? So the average diabetic maintenance sufferer or participant, I would say, that's going to spend an average of $8,000 annually on maintenance. That $160 a week comes out to yeah, $8,320. That's crazy. And it's not covered, you said, right? So it's coming all out of pocket. Right. That's coming out for that at that time. Yeah. Now, you got to think about just imagine if you don't know any better, you don't know how to educate and read and all that stuff like that. You only going to go by. I I know so many people, they only go by face value of what the doctors say. Some Mm -hmm. people who suffer from diabetes or hypertension or whatever it is and they go to the pharmaceutical companies, they already allot that money. They say, okay, this is the money. It's $60 for my medicine every month. Okay, they already put that to the side to go get that medicine, right? Right. But they turn around and say, the cost of fresh fruits and vegetables, it costs too much. I said... Well, let's say, what if I tell you how you can save that money for your medicine, take that money, and just eat better? Would you do it? So my goal now is to help people save money on medicine to eat more healthy fruits and vegetables. But now, there's 30 million people that's diagnosed with type 2 diabetes in this country that we know of. Mm-hmm. Diabetes maintenance is a 360 five or 68 billion dollar a year business the pharmaceutical companies are making so much money on diabetes maintenance even when i reach out to the american diabetes association or georgia diabetes association they want you to say oh become a member donate some money here go your membership fees to cap us going i'm like well but are you really helping people? No. You get money and then you are running with the Food and Drug Administration to help people maintain so everybody getting money off diabetes patients. Now, one thing that saved my life, I was searching online and I found this group online called D-Life. 
It's a diabetic community. That was the community that actually saved my life because mm -hmm. they was talking more about reversal more than maintenance and how you can eat better from the glycemic index, so have your favorite foods, but just changing the ingredients of the product, like fried chicken or whatever, or burgers. Instead of having the regular way grandmama, big mama used to make it, you just uh, swap out them breading, cornflakes, you make the crust out of that, and then you pan bake it in the oven. Now you, now you got an air fryer, you got all type of healthy ways that you can cook food now. So the glycemic index, I had to learn that, whereas the dietitians at the hospitals, they were not teaching us about the glycemic index. It's a, it's a food index, what foods are high in sugar and what foods are lower in sugar when, you, when you're type 2 diabetic or even type 1 diabetic. So but my thing, I went from, at the time, I went from 240 pounds to 200 pounds in two days. Wow. Yeah. So if you start, if you notice somebody saying, oh, extreme weight loss, extreme dry mouth, dizziness, uh, lack of sleep, lack of appetite, those are signs and symptoms of type 2 diabetes. So I was like, yo, coming from New York, you had to be a bigger dude. You know what I'm saying? You had to be 230, 240 if you want to function and survive in certain certain neighborhoods. So that was my goal. But when I moved here, you know, I still was trying to maintain it. But, you know, I couldn't man my body to say, look, you're abusing us. So when, when you start to get sick like that, your body actually go into survival mode. And it starts to save itself from you because you are abusing it. So and that's what happened to me. But I, I said, when I got out of the ICU, you know, I was looking up at the ceiling. And I said, Lord, you get me out of here. I'm gonna get back on track. Now, before I left, you know, the the, the hospital doctors like, yo, you're a lucky dude. I, we did all your blood work. I think the thing that saved you because you was already a good, healthy person, but you you just doing too much. And yeah, when, you know, I worked out. You know, I ate right. You know, most of the time. But when I when you're going through depression, especially with men. The signs and symptoms of depression in men, which I had to find out from a therapist, are uh, frustration, irritability, confusion, angry all the time, and alcohol consumption, you know, stuff like that. All the things that I was experiencing because I was totally upset with a lot of stuff, right? So now I was like, oh, okay, that explains it all. So now when I see dudes who's always frustrated, I say, you depressed? And they're like, nah. I said, you, <laughs> I say, you guys, you you showing a lot of symptoms of depression, bro. Then I'd be like, I coach guys now who go through similar things, and they, they're over 40, they're over 50. I say, yo, you showing signs of menopause. And, you know, they'd be like, yo, that's a female thing. I said, no. This is menopause. This is real stuff. Google it. Menopause for men, if you have low testosterone levels, if you have, you know, uh, high estrogen levels, or uh, man boobs, low libido, low sex drive, obesity, constant fatigue all the time, you could be going through menopause, frustration, irritability, 
those are all signs and symptoms of menopause. But for most men, ego kicks in, pride kicks in. Yep. They don't want to admit it. I've dealt with some wives who said, look, you need to help my husband, but he, he got too much pride. He didn't want to talk to you. And I said, look, you're going into pre-diabetic. I'm going to tell you the deal right now. This disease is a lifestyle disease. It affects you, but it affects everybody else in your life. It affects your personal life and it affects your professional life. Because if you don't get it under control professionally, you're not going to be a high performer, whether it's on your career or in your business. And when you're not performing at maximum rates, you're going to lose money. You're going to lose clients. You're going to lose business. And you probably even lose your job or even promotion. And most people don't think that far down the line. But trust me, when you're constantly sick or ill, everything goes down a few points or it may come to a complete stop. And this is what I read that, you know, over the years, diabetes does, how, how it really affects people on different levels. So when it comes down on your personal side, just to say you're single, but you're dating. Like, this is Atlanta. Mm -hmm. The women ratio is like, take your pick. And just to say you're a single guy, you're professional, you got your own house, own car. You know, you're getting money. You know, you're a thought leader in your community. You, you know, that type of stuff. A lot of women here are attracted to that type of guy. So you can pick and choose who you want to hang with, who you want to be with in Atlanta. Trust me, live that before I got engaged. So with that being said, if you're not taking care of yourself properly and diabetes, you're pre-diabetic or you're diabetic, when it comes down to intimacy, uh, sexual performance, you're not going to perform on the level that you that you want to perform at. And your feelings are going to be hurt, especially if you're with a new new woman. And you really, you know what I'm saying? She's like, oh, yeah. man, this dude, man, I gave him a shot and he couldn't even, <laughs> you know, females <laughs> <at all. laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But you got so much pride because your belly is out there here and you know, you have low testosterone and, you know, you just don't have that peak performance that you need in that, in that area. So it affects that. So when I deal with wives, like dudes don't know why they wives is unhappy in, in that particular area, or they feel like their wife might be not wanting to be intimate as much as they once were before. It's because you're not, able to sustain the type of vigorous activity that <laughs> that she may need right. to satisfy her you know what i mean and you're thinking and, and this i'm not i'm talking from my coaching practice from what i'm hearing from wives and girlfriends and even from dudes and whatever you know so i can i can elaborate on that dudes if you get so complacent in your relationship and you're having health issues similar to diabetes and the side effects of diabetes, you can't roll over in the morning, hop on your girl or hop on your wife, get two to five minutes in, then get up and say, okay, I got to go work. After a while, she's going to get bored with you. You know? Yeah. But at the end of the day, 
she gonna tell you she's not interested in you. But if you go see, if you come see me, or you go see your doctor, the doctor gonna tell you, look, you diabetic, pre-diabetic, high blood pressure, heart disease, O2 uh, obesity, O3 obesity, and you have low testosterone levels, your libido is low. Da 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 da. That's gonna affect your personal life. So that's why they say, look. You're going to have to lose 20, 30, 40 pounds, depending on who you are, because the more abdominal obesity that you have, the more risk you have of having type 2 diabetes and all other types of lifestyle chronic conditions. Hmm. And back on the professional side, just to say, I booked you to come to Atlanta. I got a contract for you for a million dollars to do video podcasting or whatever, but I need you to come see me. I need you to come right now. Your ticket is at the airport, LAX. Get here. I see you later on this afternoon. Okay. Right? And you trying to rush, because you know that's a a seven-figure contract. Right. You're trying to rush, but you're overweight, you're out of shape, and all that stuff like that. You missed your flight because you can't, you know, you can't get there. You blew. You just blew opportunity. Yeah. So we don't focus on, you know, the negative effects of diabetes. Number one, it's going to keep you broke. Number two, it's going to keep you super fatigued and sick if you don't take care of yourself. So I had to learn once I started talking to people who already lived through it, consulting with dietitians, my primary physician getting back into school, learning more about the disease. I had to learn now, learn not only how to eat, but when to eat. Not only how to work out with type 2 diabetes, but when to work out. Because you just can't go say, oh, I'm going to work out. Because just to say you haven't eaten anything, but you want to go work out. So if you check your blood glucose number, let's say you prick your finger and you touch it, on a meter and it says 80 and you want to go work out. That's a bad idea because exercising is going to probably at the time is going to lower your sugar levels. And then now you can pass out. So you need to eat, wait an hour to pull up that, that those carb levels and that protein levels, then go work out. And then if you're type two, you only need 45 minutes at a time go sit down somewhere. Mm-hmm. You can't overdo it. You know what I mean? So people don't understand there's so much going on with type 2 diabetes and I had to learn. This is what I do right now as far as coaching people with diabetes or without, you know, or how to prevent or how to reverse diabetes. And over the years, I've been very successful with that. It's just so much going on with it, man. But Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy, but the African-American community, we're prone to diabetes. But one thing I realized is that it's not just our problem. You know, I work with Mexicans and Latinos, you know, it doesn't discriminate. And even white folks, people from the Western, the Eastern culture, they don't really suffer from diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Asian and all that stuff like that. They don't really suffer from that because they eat a lot of veggies and all that stuff like that fish you know whereas here 
in a Western society, everything is supersized and fast and on the go. And that's our problem. If you're diabetic right now mm. with the COVID-19 and you quarantine, Ooh. you see what I'm saying? You, you had an increased risk of catching it, right? Right. So now just imagine when you're stressed from being quarantined or you lost your job or you're stuck in a house with somebody who you don't like anymore, <laughs> but you can't do nothing <laughs> about it. You know, you're diabetic. Now you stress. High cortisol levels weakens and lowers your defenses and your immune system. The same thing that you need to build up to fight COVID-19. So when you're stressed, a lot of food cravings kick in. You may want to reward that stress with junk food or processed food or fast food. All the things that's going to make you gain weight, which is going to pretty much lower your defenses again. And then you quarantine, you're sitting in a chair which you're not burning a lot of those calories off. And on the side part of that, your hip flexors over time starting to get stiff. Where we're not sitting up straight, you know, or we have a, a stiffness in our, uh, our cervical spine, which is behind back of the neck, right underneath the, the brain stem, mm-hmm. all the way down to the trap muscles, you know, right there. So our posture is off. So we have, an increased risk of back pain, sciatic nerve damage, um, some lumbar issues, uh, rheumatoid arthritis on top of the diabetes, on top of everything else. So you put on the quarantine 15, you're diabetic, and you put on 15 pounds because you quarantine. So now you're increasing your risk of everything else that's out there, like hypertension, heart disease stroke because you're worrying about your immune system and COVID-19, but you're stressing. Most people, they're diabetic and they're, they're drinking more because they're trying to deal with the stress. Or they might be chiefing more, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> all the things I've seen, I've seen it all right now. So they, they're exercising less. So our bodies are designed to be outdoors to get the vitamin D, which is the natural vitamin from the sun but they want you to stay home and stay indoors, right? You do that for a long period of time, it's going to automatically weaken your immune system. Mm. Now, if you're type 2 diabetic, that's going to be a bad issue for you. You know what I'm saying? That's why I don't. I, I go out, I get my sunshine in, I work out, I do everything I can do because I've lived that life of complication with diabetes. I ain't trying to go back to that, dog, for real. Uh, yeah. You're working on your third book, um, F Diabetes, uh, Seven Proven Strategies to Reverse Diabetes, right? Yeah. The idea came up last year. It's in mm-hmm. editing mode right now. Honestly, I put it on the side. It's supposed to have been out since February. So many different projects were popping up where I had to go do so much, so many other different things. I got pulled from it. So I have to write two more chapters. And the reason why I put it on a shelf, because COVID-19 and 
how it meshes in together with diabetes, I said, mm -hmm. oh, this would be a perfect time to keep the book and make it be relevant to the times. Yeah. You know, so to add that piece in there would be paramount. But I'm still trying to feel like I wrote a couple of articles that got published in a lot of medical medical groups online uh, that got great reviews about it. And I was so happy about that because I'm like, oh. And so now those people are waiting on the book. The Georgia Diabetes Coalition, I hate to call them out, but hey. It is what it is. They don't, they don't want me to talk to anybody about reversal because like if they have an event and somebody mentioned my name and they'd be like, Oh no, they, you know, <laughs> they'd be like, nah, because see, they can't make no money off it. They can't yeah, make no money that. off yeah. yeah. You go into their pockets at that point. Yeah. It's like, it, it gets into their pocket. But if I'm telling you, if you do these seven proven steps in this book, I guarantee you, you can reverse diabetes if you just do that. But here's the kicker. It's going to take a lot of sacrifices. This is the problem with people on diabetes. They don't want to sacrifice a lot of things because so many people feel that as long as they're popping the metformin or shooting the insulin, they can eat whatever they want. I saw you on Sister Circle, and there was a gang of food, food that I like on that table. And I was like, dang, <laughs> <laughs> I got to give, give her my honey buns. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, hey, the honey, you know, the honey buns is 25 grams of sugar by itself. Hmm. Honey buns, a Snicker, and a Hershey bar is around about 25 grams. I love all three of those. Me too. Right? But every once in a while, I said, you know what? Like, if you go to the dollar store anywhere, you're going to have that candy right there at checkout. Yep. Right in your face. Right in your face. Now, here's, here's what happens. Just to say you skip a meal and you at one of these stores and you feel your sugar drop. You, you know when your sugar about to drop. You start getting hungry, lightheaded. You're going to grab one of those Snickers. I guarantee you. Snickers have this 25 grams of sugar. It's going to immediately raise your blood sugars back up so you can feel a little better. Now, if you think about a, a Snicker marketing commercial and they say, oh, you're not feeling like yourself and they had somebody acting, have a dude acting like a woman or whatever, and then they give him a Snicker, then he come back to himself. Ingenious marketing because you, you're not going to feel like yourself when your sugar drop, you get cranky, you get irritable, you get frustrated, you get confused. You know, you be like, oh, you get the brain fog. So Snickers, or even if you hypo hypoglycemic, when your sugar drop, mm -hmm. that's why they say, oh, give them a half a can of Coke, give them some candy, give them some orange juice, because immediately it's going to raise your sugar back up. But for some people, they, they think that, oh, I'm just going to eat this candy regardless. I'm, I'm taking the meds. But in the book, when you, when you get to the nutritional section, I'm giving you the blueprint of how you can really 
take back control of you if you're a sweet monger. I got dark chocolate. So if I feel like I want some sugar, I'll get the dark chocolate. And dark chocolate, as long as you're getting something that's more than 70% of the cocoa mix, it's going to taste just like milk chocolate. It's not going to have that bitter taste as something that's less than 70% cocoa. Oh, okay. You see what I'm saying? So, so I always keep dark chocolate with me. If I said, oh, I want some chocolate. Now, this is packed with antioxidants. It's not going to raise your blood glucose sugar a whole lot. And you still get that chocolate taste that you need to curb your chocolate cravings. So I, I keep dark chocolate around. I keep mixed nuts. So in the book, in the nutritional section, we talk about these type of items. But when you show condition of eating milk chocolate, which is the most dangerous chocolate, if you're di- diabetic, you don't want to give that chocolate up. You're going to have a problem. You see what I'm saying? So the yeah. dark chocolate, you can melt this down, dip it, make a fondue with your fruit, sprinkling on different stuff, you know what I'm saying, and still get that chocolate flavor. Sometimes I throw it right in my smoothies, you know, and, and with peanut butter, and now I got me a Reese's Pieces cup, mm. a shake, you know? So you got to keep swapping out the ideas and, and the book. This is what I'm talking about. So we, we're talking about, like we mentioned a couple of minutes ago, about the fitness part of it, when and how and why. You talk about the glycemic index. You're talking about getting proper rest. Sleep is everything when you're diabetic. You got to get at least six hours. I can't do no more than six hours of sleep. I'm sorry. You got to control your stress levels. We talk about that because when you get stressed, you raise up your blood pressure and your blood glucose. You know, you get the craving now. Now you want to reward your stress with some of your foods that you should not be eating, ribs and all that crazy stuff like that. So the book, Seven Proven Strategies for Reversals, people are waiting on it, but I put it on hold because people are not trying to hear it right now, to be honest with you. They're not because yeah. they're quarantined. And guess what? They're eating whatever they want. Believe me, man, they say, Terrence, don't bother me. And then I see some people in the grocery store, and I'm looking in their basket. I'm like, hmm. But people are stressed, and they quarantine. But here's the kick on that. To, to their defense, they just lost their job. They don't know how they're going to pay the mortgage. They homeschooling their young ones, which is another stressor. You are not smarter than a fifth grader. You're finally realizing that. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? I'm hearing all the stories. So you got to re-educate yourself as a fifth grader. Now, the fifth grader or whatever, they home too. They quarantine. They antsy. They, it's snack time. You know, the school is not feeding them. So now you got to put something that's quick in the oven. Or you got to cook something all day. Or you got to have a snack for them. Mm-hmm. Chips, you get the different variety of chips in the bag. You get the cookies, you get the, the M&Ms, whatever you have that kids like, hot dogs, hamburgers, whatever. Kids like those type of foods. Now, you as a parent, the more you have that stuff around, you serving them, guess what you're going to be doing? Eating just, just what they eat. Yep, y'all eating it together. Y'all eating together. So... If you got 
a whole bag of cook, a whole bag of uh, mixed chips, the little small little bags, most likely you probably gonna be eating two or three yourself. But I tell people, you know what? It's okay. Pat yourself on the back and be be gentle with yourself because these are unprecedented times. Nobody knew that this was going to come up. Right. You know, we didn't know how to deal with it, but you have to make the necessary cognitive adjustments. Like, okay, I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to work out. If I keep eating like this, I'm not going to reach my goal. So being a diabetic, your chances of increasing your increasing your risk of complication has probably doubled because you're quarantined or you're not you're not eating properly, you're not working out. It's going to be a problem. So the book comes in, it will come in, it's going to address all that. But to be honestly, nobody don't want to talk to me too much right now about none of that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think it's a smart decision to actually to hold Self-it. off on it right now. No, yeah, uh, yeah, that's Nobody paying attention right now. Trust right, me. Exactly. And uh, I know uh, on your website, you have like 10,000 recipes so that they can always go there and they figure out, you know, something to cook up, right? Yeah. Quick and easy recipes. Nobody has time to cook like Big Mom. okay? If you're a busy professional, whether you're single, uh, a spouse, or you living, you know, you living by yourself. These recipes are good. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and snacks in between. Five to six ingredients or less. Ten minutes uh, prep time, probably about twenty minutes cook time, and then some meals. You're done like that, and you're eating on the go. You know what I'm saying? But you're getting a healthy nutrition versus food. See, most people focus on food, and they don't focus on nutrition. So food can be anything, you know, but nutrition, we're talking about using whole ingredients, you know, veggies, obviously, and then fruits, uh, uh, whole grains, you know, herbs and spices, healthy elixirs that you can use to really, you know, uh, control inflammation of the body, control uh, weight gain or weight loss. You know, we have to, you know, the book has all that stuff in there. And a client of mine said, you know, you got all these recipes because my background and living in New York was I have a a hospitality management and culinary arts background. But if you would have told me 20 something years ago that in New York that I would have been an author, (laughs) I would have laughed at you. (laughs) But God got a way of doing other things. and. That's these recipes I already had. I just tweaked them and and I got into sports nutrition and I was like, oh, if I do this and I do that. Oh, oh yeah. So the whole thing is about it was simple tweaks. Only thing you had to do is research, get back in school, take a few courses. I wasn't definitely going back to college. You know what I'm saying? I needed something that was that was going to be quick for me. Yeah. To give me uh, the credentials I need to generate cash and start a new business. Going back to get another four-year degree was, I ain't had time for all that. So I needed to do something in 10 months or less. And that propelled me to be one of the uh, the top guys in the country. 
you know, that I feel like everybody gonna feel like they're the best. But I gotta that it, right now we into the medical fitness versus just working out in the gym. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So we talking about exercise. We talking about nutrition. We talking about uh, how to prevent rheumatoid arthritis, corrective exercises. Man, I don't work with people from all walks of life because of the diabetes, because of the book, because of the recipe book, because of the F diabetes book, the, because of everything. Like you never know. My brokenness became, you know, my message. My, you know what I'm saying? My 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 mess became my message. And you never know when you think that life is falling apart. It's actually falling in place. But we don't see that when it's happening because we in the mud. Yep. You know, we in the thick of things and we not we we only saying like God, why is this happening? Da, 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 da. And then years down the line, you'd be like, Oh. It makes sense. I see that. Yeah. So I'll be the first one to tell people suffering in ICU with type two diabetes was the one of the best things that ever happened in my life. Because if that, that, if that shift didn't happen, if that didn't happen, I would not be the guy who I am today and the, and the guy who I'm, I'm, I'm set to be mm-hmm. in the next five, 10 years. I, I watched an old video, this guy interviewed me. He said, where you see yourself in five years? I said, man, this was five years ago. I said, man, traveling all over the world, speaking, doing my doing, you know, putting out another book, you know, doing radio. I did all those things, you know what I'm saying? And and, and it's like, wow, now I'm slated to be uh, for the MedFit Professionals. I'm nominated, well, this July, I'm Mr. July on their platform. Wow, that's dope. It's worldwide with so many major, major people in the clinical field. So they, they, I want Mr. July to be featured on their platform. And uh, I was like, oh, so this is the first time I'm sharing that because I just got the email this morning. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So I, I was like, who knew that my situation would lead me into being one of the best in the country when it comes down to exercising disease, you know, diabetes, reversal, you know, you, you just never know how God would just use you or use things to transform your life. Yeah. And now, like you said, your mess is your message and you're now one of the best in your in your space. And um, is, is this like the stuff that you cover on your podcast every Saturday? Yeah, man. You know, the, I'm going to tell you about the podcast is so funny. I started out to have it every Sunday. But now. Like my 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 fiance, she's my public relations manager. And she put me in these podcast groups. And they saw, you know, my flyer for the podcast and my description of it. Now we had to do the the, the calendar thing. Yeah. Now I'm doing a show. I'm probably doing two shows a day. Wow. 
Yeah, it's crazy because we're quarantined. So as you can see, like, I grab the mic and I, I just be talking to people. And just <laughs> like we're doing right now, like, this is my Zoom, this is my first Zoom um, interview since quarantine. Oh. Everything else we did right over the phone. Oh, wow. Dang. Yeah, uh, this, yeah, this is my first Zoom, man. And I said, that's why I asked you. I was like, is this Zoom uh, we call in? And you yeah. said, oh, that's Zoom. I'm like, okay, cool. We just do it like this. This Because I wanted to see what it feel like, you know. And I'm glad that we did it because, I, I, you know, I set everything up. So it's like, you know, the podcast, so many people... I interviewed from all over the world, man, you know, and it, it kind of blew because right now we in, instead of doing Saturdays, we're doing pretty much anytime somebody wanted to talk, we talk because what's happening is that people, we do the, we do the voice commercials. So people want to advertise, they want to sponsor. So I need to do more shows <laughs> to put this sponsorship on the show. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, we got to get more shows. And now we're doing one and two shows a day, and it's crazy. So we like kind of like fifty three countries, like uh, one point three million listeners right now. I'm so grateful for that because I'm in a position to just shut up and listen. And we're talking to a lot of doctors. We're talking to a lot of people who are experts in the field: doctors, physical therapists, chiropractors, you know, nurses whoever, whatever. And it's a great opportunity to listen, learn, take notes, incorporate those those things into my scope of practice and network at the same time. And this one guy, uh, Brendan Fox, he's the, he's the uh, founder of Exercise Therapy, the Exercise Therapy Association. He gifted me free courses to take on, on their platform, which is all about great joint health, like, you know, for the elbow, shoulders, the knees, hips, ankles. And um, I was like, wow, I appreciate that. Those courses are close to like two grand, two grand to take. That program alone. Once I start to incorporate that into what I'm already doing, that's going to push me to the next level when it comes down to dealing with people who suffer from um, rheumatoid arthritis or who may have joint pain, who may have came out of post-surgery and then they got like a hip replacement, knee replacement, stuff like that. And I don't know if you realize when some people have a hip replacement, a, a, a ACR repair, when the barometric pressure changes in the atmosphere, that pain is so intense. Are you are you here, ever heard somebody say, oh, it's raining outside? Like, it's, how you know it's raining outside? Because my knee hurting, it's about to hurt. People go through that pain because the barometric pressure changes and they get, they get that pain and that pain is like that nervy pain in the joint. And it's really excruciating. It's, 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 it's painful. You know, they don't want to do nothing. It hurts so much. That's why I said, man, something happened to me. Don't cut on me. 
Just let me do my corrective exercises. This is why it's so important to making sure that you're moving those joints, mm-hmm. you know, and even what you're sitting down, you know, you, you bringing that knee up, bending that leg, rotating that ankle joint, because when you quarantine like this, everything starts to stiffen up hip joint, back, everything. So over time, especially as you age, you're going to suffer from all that. And that pain is going to come so intense. It's going to lead to arthritis and you don't want to be 50, 60, 70 years old walking with a cane or having so much pain that you can't even go hang out because the pain, that's one of my things. And then when you talk of that, when you're diabetic, that's a problem too. So the podcast introduced me to all these different individuals, even with yourself right now, how we're talking, where I've learned so much. And we, we, we shared so much that it, it really has enhanced my, uh, my quality of life, um, my activities of daily living, the way how I talk to myself. When I look at myself in the mirror, I don't negative self-talk. Even though sometimes, you know, that little voice in your head will tell you things that really try to sabotage your success. Mm-hmm. And um, I've, I've learned how to muffle that person and, and tell him to just go somewhere, man. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes I feel like, oh, it's not working. Or you just, you, you know, you, it's not working out for you. I got to say, yo, be quiet. Shut up. I'm not going to let anybody else beat me down. So why am I allowing myself to beat me down? And I learned certain uh, strategies from my guests, from the podcast, on how to defuse that type of talk that your subconscious mind would just constantly beat you down on. You know what I'm saying? Or when it comes down to emotional eating. Why am I in this refrigerator again? What's going on with me? Why, you know what I'm saying? Am I stressed? What's going on? Why am I eating again? Or why why am I eating this again? So it's just those hormones are changing in our body that triggers the unhealthy thoughts, the unhealthy eating patterns. So the podcast introduced me to a lot of therapists who really gave that information up on how to Think about what's going on when you're stressed or when you're hungry or when you're feeling like you're upset or sad, depressed, whatever you may be going through, you got to figure out what it is. So the, the, you know, the podcast grew from Saturdays only to every day. Every day is somebody on. And uh, I get excited because I can sit here and listen. Yes. You know, I can burn my candles, man. I said, I don't have to go anywhere. My bills are paid, (laughs) you know, and I can really, these people really have increased my life. You know, that's why I said with with the podcast and being quarantined and COVID-19 is a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. One thing I learned with the podcast, I spoke with, I interviewed so many high performers. They, everybody said the same thing. This is an opportunity to self-improve. They don't look at it as a setback. They look at it as, oh, my God, it's an opportunity. They look at it as an opportunity to pop the hood, 
and take a look around. Change the oil, change the, 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 the spark plugs, rotate the tires, you know, same way you would treat your car when you need an oil change. This is an oil change. This is a tune-up. This is the time for you to hit the reset button and then reinvent yourself again. And when I heard it from multiple guests on the podcast, I promise you my life was changing right at that particular point because I said, man, this, this, is, this is dope. Yeah, Terrence. I mean, uh, I believe you because every time I I have a guest, like just like just like you, uh, you and I did, we talked before the show and after the show, and they all told me the same exact thing. This was a moment for them to look at their business or what's going on and to make changes and adjustments and to improve. And then I started doing the same thing, and then everything. You know, I just got better at everything that I've done because I had this extra time. And yeah. then, um, and that's what I love about podcasting is just like you said earlier. I shut up and I listen and like. And yeah. it's always so much information you get from every episode. If you want to stand in amongst the great, like, there's a lot of podcasts and, and shows out there who are doing very great numbers. They're to the point now, if they try to book you on this show, it's three months down the line before they even get you on. That's how, how dope they are right now. Mm-hmm. And they up to almost a million downloads right from the comforts of their home And they're making thousands of dollars doing just talking to people because the content is so rich. It's so invaluable. People catch on to like, Oh my God, you know what I'm saying? And that's a goal for me. We're talking about health and wellness, conversing with individuals, professionals like yourself. You want to keep having the content that's going to raise the bar for yourself personally. Um, it's community over currency. Most people get into it for an opportunity to make money. And I understand that. But when you're putting content out from the bottom of your heart to help increase, you know, awareness or whatever your brand is, and you're trying to help people, the profit will show up down the line. And that's one thing I learned, too, because um, this lady out of New England, she was uh, I interviewed her. She has a, a, a fit podcast, top 50th podcast uh, in the health and wellness program on 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 uh, on iTunes. And I was like, yo, that was a goal. Now, this lady was. Uh, a former lawyer real estate lawyer. She was an alcoholic, two brand new kids under five years old, going through a rough patch and her, and her, and her marriage, 40 years old plus, And she turned her life around. She started doing triathlons, swimming, biking, all type of stuff. And her, her story resonated with, you know, a lot of women her age. And right now, she got the top 50 podcast, almost a million downloads, and so many different, you know, sponsorship packages coming her way. She had to quit being a lawyer. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And she spent hundreds of thousands of dollars learning how to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> she got two of the top best-selling books on Amazon. So. 
her brokenness, once again, her mess ended up being her message. Now she travels all over the world doing speaking engagements, selling her books from the stage. So she's double dipping, which is what the great should do. Everybody, if you got a book and you know how to talk and you have a radio show and a podcast, great opportunities to generate income. Period. You're an expert in your field. Period. You're not really going to get rich off of being an author. However, you're going to make money. You're going to, it's going to open up other areas of opportunity. You know, as I learned at this, this, this book seminar from top experts in the world, working with billionaires. And he said, look, if somebody recommend a plumber, and somebody said, yeah, I know this guy. Um, and he'd give you a business card of the plumber. And another person come up, you say, yeah, I know this guy. And he gives you a book of his plumber. Most likely, you're going to contact the guy who authored that book on plumbing versus the guy who gave you the business card mm-hmm. from the other plumber. Because it's going to solidify you as the expert in plumbing, you know, for what we're doing to help people and help ourselves at the same time. And it's just an amazing feeling to really, you know, be on a cutting edge of uh, having a platform that you can really do that. Like right now, this platform for you as a game changer for you so much you can do and so many so many things that you've learned so many people that you're connected with that's going to really give you so much invaluable information you're going to be like oh wow like if you go back and you listen to this you'd be like oh yeah and you you never know what you might pick up like i i always listen to my shows yeah, me too. Because I, I always learn after I listen to it um, when I go back and edit it or a second time. I'm like, oh, I didn't pick up. The, I didn't pick that up doing the interview. And I'm always learning, and I listen again and again and again. And then, like, I always listen to um to to the things that we talked about, and the thing, and then I go and I study them. And like, for instance, you just told me about that woman, and then uh, I found out Meredith Atwood. She wrote the uh, the Year of No Nonsense and the Triathlon for Every Woman. And it's like um, just stuff like that, you know, just from us talking, you know, that made me find out who she was, discovered her. And that's what I love about this platform. There you go. I just interviewed her a couple of weeks ago and um, shared her story and her, her, her transformation. is amazing. Now, she she don't drink anymore, but she still may have. You know, struggles with the cravings of. But she realized where she, this is what she said. She said, one day, it was a quiet whisper in her ear, clear as crystal, said, if you don't get control of this, you're going to be dead within a year. She said, at that point right there, she knew it was God. She stopped drinking. Wow. Just like that. See, I got goosebumps. Just like that. I said, yeah. People don't recognize that voice until you hear it. You hear like somebody that told you like some like you're talking to somebody. When he tells you that, 
you best believe that's what it is. You need to, to you need to follow through. <laughs> I've heard it so many times before. When I left corporate America in 2017, I didn't know what to do. And he, you know, he told me I was so stressed. He said, go in there and give in your notice. You know what I did? I marched right in there and and typed it out and gave it and and, and said, 30 days, I'm done. Mm. You I, I wasn't scared, I wasn't nothing, but it was that it was that voice. I heard it, and that was the confirmation that I needed to walk in there and give my notice because he has so much, you know, other things for me to do. Now you talk yeah. about three, three years later, this month, the 29th, June, three years that I left corporate America, I've liberated myself from stress, dealing with managing 60 people, just a red tape. It's a, it's a blessing, man. You know what I'm saying? To be able to, you know, set your own hours and do do the things you love. Yeah, you know? I, I love it. Yeah, man. So, like Meredith, it's that voice when you when you hear that voice. That's that's the confirmation that you know you whatever you're doing that's sabotaging whatever it is your health your your business or whatever. That voice is right there. Is all you need to get going. You say, okay, I'm done with that. Close that door. And don't be afraid to do it because on the other side of that door, it's a whole different realm of success, freedom, um, influence, abundance, you know, and you don't really see it and feel it instantly. But over time, the right people come in at the right time or the right situations or opportunity will present itself. And you'd be like, oh man, that's that's dope. Or you might have that that aha moment to create something that's gonna really push you to the next level. And you'd be like, oh yeah, man. So this quarantine right now is definitely one of those times. It's a situation for you to, you know, write that book, start another podcast, get that guess in, you know, lose 20 pounds, eat better, work out, you know, become a better person, whatever it is, this is that time, man. You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's, it's such an amazing time despite of, you know, uh, so many deaths and so many people, you know, yeah. That are on the front lines, you know what I'm saying? You know, God bless them, everybody. And it's very unfortunate. But if you're if you're here still and you're waking up every morning breathing independently without being on a res- respirator, and you don't have people standing over you, how you doing today? You know what I'm saying? You're in the hospital, you know. So if, if you were if you're in that situation, you're blessed. And so now you you can't take this situation for granted. You got to utilize this time because when they lift this pandemic, when it's over, may not be this year, but when it's over, what type of person, who do you think that you're going to be? Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I say it's like, 
are you going to be that person that's super in shape? Hey, I lost the weight. Or, you know, do you want to be a Ferrari switching five, you know, gear six, gear mm -hmm. five? Or you want to be that dump truck that barely can get up the hill and people got to go around you? You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. for me, I want to be like, skirt and yeah. Yep, I'm about to come out a new man. I listened to Joe Osteen this morning. You know, every once in a while, I got to, you know, get my spiritual vitamin in. Mm -hmm. And he said, when God bring you through, your enemies and the people who try to sabotage you and everything like that, when God bring you through, they're not even going to recognize you because you're going to be with such a different glow. And they're they going to walk right past you. They, they're not, they're going to be like, is that James? Nah. And he was like, yeah, that's me. I said that because when he said that, I got goosebumps. And when I was in corporate, I was always saying, yo, check me out soon. I'm going to leave this place. Everybody was, I did 13 years. They was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they shunned me off. Then they started seeing me on shows like Sister Circle and, you know, doing bold TV in New York, doing major stuff on television and radio. And now, they didn't even recognize me like that. You know what I'm saying? Now, when they see me, they be like, yo, you the truth. You know what I'm saying? I said, I've been told y'all, but see, people don't believe in you until you show them. So when they see you again, when you come out of this quarantine, Jane, they're going to be like, yo, I caught your podcast. Oh, you're looking great. You know, you're working out. You're eating better. You know, your, your skin is much more clear. Your hair is growing. Your nails is growing. You know, you got great posture. You know what I mean? You know, they everything going to be different about you. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Everything's going to be different about you, man. And it's like the universe and God going to give you a whole new makeup. This is what COVID-19 is. I That's the way I look at it. Because, when you know, I'm working out every day. Every day, even even if I don't feel like lifting something, I got something going on. I got my bands here. I got all type of stuff in the studio, pull up bar, everything. Outside the side door, I got my a weight stuff out there. So I'm going hard every day. And because I said on this, when I'm when you're performing on a different level, and then all of a sudden you get a call from like a national syndicated television show to come on. They said, yo, we need you on set in two days. <laughs> yo, you got to be ready. I ain't had no time to get in shape. So it's like, if you're talking health and wellness and you got product for sale, whether supplements, books, you know, speaking engagements, you know, podcasts, a whole lot of different things, and now you're on national television looking overweight, Nobody's going to take you seriously. No, never. Never. They're going to look at you and say, man, this dude is a contradiction. Yeah, it's funny because I've seen people like they they promote you know, health and wellness. And I'll look at them like, nah, hmm, it doesn't seem like you follow what you promote. So yeah, you you and I mean you 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 obviously do you you have the physique and it's like yeah it makes sense so that makes me think he knows what he's talking about let me listen to Terrence because he obviously knows 
know how to take care of himself because it shows you see it you no know, anytime you make an appearance you know it, it it shows that the evidence is right there you have to prove yeah you you the, the whole thing it's like somebody say hey i need i need to book you to go speak at my event i'm like okay cool how many people's gonna be there i have five hundred thousand ten thousand whatever whatever so it's the opportunity, you know, what's the, what's the date scope? What's the dates? Uh, probably in about a week or it might be like, Oh, three months from now. So it gives you a little opportunity to, uh, focus on your nutrition. Even if it's a week, if you know your body and you know how to shred yourself down within a week by, you know, um, going into a, a no meat diet, staying off pasta, potatoes, which is I'm a huge fan of. So I know how to, you know, down myself down and then no dairy, especially leading up to three days to an event because dairy is going to make you look bloated. Mm -hmm. um, so I do no cereal, no milk, no yogurt. I don't do none of that. So my whole thing is like when the cameras are on, you want to have the, the, the type of uh, body composition or image that's going to sell from the stage or it's going to, you're going to sell yourself without even saying a word. People are going to look at you in 90 seconds or less from head to toe in person to see if your image aligns up with what they see on online. Yep. Period. Because we can take selfies all day, take pictures. Like, I don't know, some people would take 100 pictures before they pick one to put it out on social media. <laughs> That's you know? True. Check me out. Yo. So, with that being said, you're not going to have that opportunity when you're making the first impression. So, people... Especially here in Atlanta, I love Atlanta, but some people are so shallow. It's, everything is about image. So they're going to say, oh, yeah, that's Terrence from so-and-so. What, what, you know? It's important for me as the entrepreneur, as an author, speaker, you know, all those different things to have my online presence in sync with my in-person pre uh, presence. When I'm out in public, like, okay, he looks the same way. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not how you look physically. What I learned over years is it's the stuff that comes out of your mouth. Like, you can have a great body and still say something really stupid to people. True. I mean, that's bad business if you're trying to attract the, the, you know, the whales, the sharks, the people who you need to invest in you and all that stuff like that. They don't want to do business with you. They already say, oh, yeah, you know, we got this supplement. We got this clothing line. We want to put you on. But as soon as you need to speak a line, <laughs> it's crazy. So you really have to pay attention to what you're saying when you're out in, when you're out in public, even if you're in a restaurant, you even you're in a grocery store, your physical appearance is going to warrant a conversation from somebody. It's going to warrant a question from somebody about exercise, fitness, nutrition. 
I guarantee you, I get it all the time. I can't even go to the gas station while somebody asking me about something. Depending on what the questions are, you know, my response has to be very clear and precise as an expert in that industry. So I can be able to answer that question within a few minutes, maybe give a business card or whatever, whatever, and then ask them to follow me on social media or for more information, go to my website and connect with me, subscribe to the website to get more information, then we'll go from there because right now I don't have a whole lot of time. And people be like, oh yeah, I do that and do that. And next thing you know, and it says so-and-so subscribe to your website. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means if they subscribe to your stuff, that means that they're interested in yeah. doing business with you or they just need more information that will help them. You know, so it, it, it's all about nonverbal, nonverbal clues, which is 80% of all language anyway, body language, facial expressions, smiling with people, being approachable. And uh, reading energies, you know, I'm high on energies and frequencies. So as a, a wellness coach, I know if people are really serious about wanting help from me or people just pulling my leg, you know, I was like, yo, you ain't talking about nothing too much about this. So I know when to break the conversation off. And uh so it just, you got to know that in business. I don't care what type of business you're in. You know, you know who ready to buy and you know who just talking a whole lot of talk. And then there's a lot of other people, you see them at every event and they say the same thing to you over and over again. Every time you see them, you got to avoid those people all the time because they're going to they're gonna drain you. <laughs> like, you know, they're not going to do anything for you. So, and it, and this is a great way to keep your stress levels down with people because I have a type A personality and I'm, a, I'm an extrovert. So it's like, I'm always going to go hard and that's, I don't really have time to be shucking and jiving with y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I'm around too many millionaires that, you know, they don't have time, you know, and, and, and it's like, it's a whole different ball game for me. So it's like, I, I'm listening. I'm never the smartest person in the room. I'm constantly like, yo, okay. I ask a question or if I'm, if I'm a fly on the wall, I don't say anything, man. I, I talk to the OGs who've been, who been in the game for 30 years, mm -hmm. who made so much money. And, you know, it's like, man, really? Now on day, they, they, they wake up in the morning because they developed one program five, 10 years ago and they're still getting passive still income getting paid, yeah. today. And I'd be like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, I listen to that. And those are the things that inspire me, you know, like with the podcast, you know, I wake up and like I said earlier, I don't hear nothing. I don't see no notifications. I'd be like, man, what's going on? You know what I mean? But even with the book, that's, you know, that's passive income. Even if you do a webinar or a how-to course, all that is passive. You made it one time, and then it'll generate money for you as many times over as you need it to. And this is how, this is why right now what I'm learning that internet uh, marketing and um, 
podcasting and interviews and all that stuff like that, it's, it's going to be the wave of the norm how to generate more business online now versus mm-hmm. going to a brick and mortar. I'm actually trying to have several different ways of making money online right now. She's speaking in the middle of making the course. So, yeah, I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, if people wanted to to learn more about you and just know and get more information, what's the best place to find you? Right on the website, you know, your best lifestyles with s.com. It has all, you know, uh, my links for social media, LinkedIn. I'm not too much on Instagram like I once was. But I, my traction on Instagram was real slow. I got bored with it. Surprisingly, people love Instagram. But for me, it, it's not really a good match for me. You know what I'm saying? I've tried all the, but, you know, I'm like, eh. So, you know, Facebook, um, LinkedIn. A lot of people sleep on LinkedIn. Mm, they do. But LinkedIn, you can catch me there. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you, if you want to get the corporate stuff and you want to get some, some real professional stuff going on, you got to participate more on LinkedIn. To finish off your question, you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn, most part, or through my website. Now, the key about LinkedIn and Facebook, nobody is on social media to buy anything. They only there to see funny videos, be nosy, and see some uh, pets and see some kids and have fun. It's leisure time, break time. Let's go on Facebook. Let's connect. Let's gossip. They're not there to buy anything. However, if they see something that they like, they're going to purchase. Bottom line to it. Now, yep. on LinkedIn, it's all professional content. Layers and layers. Everybody there is professional. So if you're trying to streamline business, LinkedIn is the place to be to really network and connect and get more explosive uh, guests on your show on LinkedIn. Because now you got more professional people coming in with professional content that can lead you to more professional individuals with their professional content that can lead to contracts, lead to more residual money, the whole nine versus any other social media platform in the world. So catch me on LinkedIn. And and that's it, man. You know, catch the podcast uh, on uh Apple, Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, all that stuff like that. Your best lifestyle, same name is the website. So we keep it all meshed together. If you go on the website, you're going to see the, the link for the podcast, you know, and then go from there. Everything in one stop. You can get everything right there. Uh, we don't have time for you sending you all over the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that. and that's that. All right, Terrence, uh, this has been great. I, I really do, do appreciate it. Again, everybody, that is yourbestlifestyles.com. I have all the information in the show notes of this episode. Um, again, I want to thank you. I, I appreciate you, and thanks for sharing your story, and uh, you have a good one, okay? It's my honor. Wow. Thanks a lot, Terrence, and thank you all for listening to episode 35 of Blair Radio. There was a ton of great content in this one. In fact, this has now beat episode 5 of Mark Kumar as the longest episode in Blair Radio history. It's that much content for you to take away and listen again. If you want to know more, just take a visit to BlairRadio.com slash EP35 for all the show notes and more from this episode. 
again, I want to thank you all for supporting me and continuing to listen and be there. And I wish you the best and I appreciate every single last one of you. Until next time, be heard. Blair Radio, where we turn your online whispers into screams. Learn more at theblairgroup.com. Until next time, be heard.